Hello, welcome to this Tuesday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Uh, wow, right as I start recording this, there's some new, well, NHL news, but you know, it's not Penguins related. Apparently, Nico Heischer will not be on the ice for the start of training camp. He suffered a leg injury training in Switzerland in early December. He did not have surgery. They do not consider this long-term a matter of days, weeks. So not good news there for the Devils. I really don't think the Devils are going to be that good this year anyway. But, you know, I love when news breaks right as I start recording. But um, anyways, this is a Penguins podcast. We'll have Penguins content on here. I'm in the first segment. Um, uh, NHL and NBC, well, just NBC and NBC Sports, I should say, they released the uh, the TV schedule for today, like the Sunday games, the, uh, the Wednesday games, and, you know, just basically their entire schedule. Um, so very interesting choices. You know, we're going to talk about that, um, how many uh, games the Penguins will be playing, um, all that good stuff. Uh, Mike Sullivan also talked to the media today. We'll touch on that, what he had to say with some stuff. And then the last segment, we will talk about uh, the last player season review, Teddy Bluger. I think that wraps him up. I did all of the defensemen, uh, basically done all the fours. And I didn't do Patrick Marlowe for obvious reasons. I'm not going to do Connor Sherry for obvious reasons, Dominic Cahoon, you know, not, nothing really like that. I mean, I'm basically just doing all the everyday players for the Penguins lineup. I could do Sam Lafferty. You know, maybe I'll do that later this week, you know, if I want to do the 13th and 14th forwards. But we'll wrap up with Teddy Bluger, who I did think had a strong season for the Penguins. But um, so the NHL and NBC schedule came out today. Um, so the first game of the 2021 NHL season will be Penguins Flyers, 5.30 p.m. start January 13th on NBC Sports Network. Um, it doesn't get any better than that. You know, a big, this reminds me of just during 2013, you know, with the lockout shortened season, they put Penguins Flyers as the first game of the season on NBC. I think the Penguins won that game three to one, if I'm not mistaken, in Philly. We'll see if the Penguins can try to do that. Um, here in the shortened season, you know, eight years later, they're still going to put Penguins Flyers the first game on national television. Uh, I'm not really sure who will call the game. I would assume their number one team will be in Tampa Bay for the uh, banner raising against the Chicago Blackhawks. And speaking of the Blackhawks, best wishes to Jonathan Taves. Um, I don't know what he's going through. It, it sounds really scary. You know, I put out a tweet earlier that it sounded like something, you know, weird, like the Hosa situation. You know, then I had a couple, a couple buddies that are Chicago fans say, you know, it kind of reminds them of uh, Brian Bickle's uh, diagnose, diagnosis with MS. So I really hope it's not that. And I really hope we see Jonathan Taves on the ice as soon as possible. But, you know, his health comes first. And, you know, I just I wish him the best in his recovery. Um, you know, going back to the NBC stuff, you know, like I said, it's great that they're doing this. A 5.30 p.m. start. I mean... It makes a lot of sense to put a game at 5.30. You're probably going to see a lot of that, I think, this season, guys. A lot of people are still at home, not going into offices. I mean, a lot of people are home from school. I mean, you know, they honestly could put games on at noon or 3.30. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Well, you know, that's also for local networks, I should say. You know, NBC is mostly probably going to be um, doing the night games. Um, then, um, you know, you look. I looked at just some of the – I think these are the Sunday games, Sunday and Saturday games uh, for the NHL and NBC. The Red Wings have three games on here on this list, and the Colorado Avalanche have two. That does just not make any sense to me. We all know the Red Wings are going to be utterly terrible, so I really don't understand why NBC is just so fascinated with Detroit. Well, I guess it's ratings and all that. I mean, they're playing Chicago on national television on Sunday, January 24th. Um, I don't know who's going to watch that game considering those two teams stink, but, um, it's, that's, uh, that's a bold decision there, NBC. I tweeted this too, guys. Remember that when the next TV deal comes up, just trust me, remember that stuff because 
that's just something that the league is just not going to let fly. I could see Fox getting in, maybe ESPN, who knows. Um, for the Saturday-Sunday games for the Penguins, um, they play Washington on Sunday, January 17th. That will be, I think, on NBC, not NBC Sports Network. Uh, they will also play uh, February 14th. I think that is, uh, is that President's Day weekend or is that Valentine's Day weekend? I think it's Valentine's Day weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Um, then they will play April 25th against Boston, a Sunday game on NBC. And then they will also play Saturday, April 17th against the Buffalo Sabres. So that basically does it for the uh, Saturday-Sunday matchups for NBC. And I'm just looking at their side right now. So then there's the Sunday night games. Um, they will play, the Penguins will play the Rangers on Sunday night, March 7th in Pittsburgh. I think that's the only one the Penguins have on here, if I'm making sure. Yeah, that is the only one. Um, i trying to find the Wednesday night hockey list. Um, yeah, besides Pittsburgh, Philly. Um, yeah, Buffalo, Pittsburgh. I already talked, touched on that one. Um, so I think they're on here a total of what, six, seven times or something like that. I mean, it's not like a massive amount. I, I don't think it's as much as Chicago or something like that, but you know, still a decent amount for the people that do not live in Pittsburgh, like myself, who, you know, have to stream most of the games because I don't get the local channel that Steve Mears and Bob Airy broadcast on. And, you know, I, I'm really going to miss uh Reddit NHL streams. That is one place that, you know, everyone loved and it sucks that it had to be shut down, but there is one site. If you guys do, some of you guys don't live in Pittsburgh that listen to this podcast, um, surge sports, sports, surge something like that um they have a bunch of streams for site just make sure your ad blockers on um you don't want any malware coming on your computer or that and just like x out of the ads if they come on as soon as possible and you'll totally be fine but that's basically the schedule for nbc and nbc sports network um like i said penguins are on about five six seven times something around that number it would usually be around i think 10 to 12 in a normal season they usually are in the top three to five um, among teams for being on national television, but I mean, for obvious reasons, Pittsburgh is one of the strongest hockey markets in the country. Uh, they pull viewership more than most cities in this country. So it's not a surprise that they're also at the top of the list here um, in the shortened season. And, you know, there's still a possibility that they could flex more games to NBC and NBC Sports Network. I think the last day of the regular season, it's like May 8th or something like that. They said on there there's a TBD for a game. So if that game has a lot of playoff implications, they can just flex that to NBC primetime or whatever they want to do for that. But I'm really excited to watch some games on NBC and NBC Sports Network. I mean, the one big thing that, of course, we're all going to miss is Doc Emmerich. Um, I can't say enough about how great of an announcer he is. I mean, besides Mike Lang, um, well, I, Mike Lang is the voice of the Penguins. But, you know, outside of that, I think Doc Emmerich is the voice of hockey. Um, you know, I've grown up watching him ever since I can remember, you know, just remember the, the Stanley Cup games from 2008, the Stanley Cup games from 2009, even before that, you know, when I was you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, just hearing that voice, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to imitate it, of course, because I don't want to embarrass myself, but, you know, it's just such a iconic voice and the way he would just describe the game and everything. It's just, a lot of people are going to miss it. And, you know, I remember that really goosebump the video that NBC put out right before the return to play and Doc was just narrating everything. And, you know, it just, it sent chills down your spine just because, you know, it, we just, this year has just been so much and he was just able to talk about it in such a great way. And, I'll just miss how he describes the game. That's the biggest thing. And also by reading about him, he just seems like probably one of the nicest people in the world. And, you know, he's somehow a Pirates fan. So I got to give it to him on that one. But, you know, just all the legendary calls, you know, just the Kunitz overtime winner, you know, the Hornquist uh, Stanley Cup winner in 2017, um, the 2016 empty netter to win the Cup, the 2009 with Max Talbot. You know, I, the, one of the biggest ones that I remember scared the living shit out of me was I think when Cronwall hit the crossbar with less than three minutes remaining in 2009 
and it was just a huge like off the crossbar or whatever the hell it was and i just that voice is iconic and everyone i think is going to miss him but you know they are in good hands their number one guy i think it's kenny albert if i'm not mistaken or it's john forslin um they both are great play-by-play guys i really don't get the hate for kenny albert you know i i've met him personally i think he's a really great human and he's just a great announcer too you know hopefully we get more of brian boucher um pierre mcguire is just so bad so i really don't want to see a lot of pierre for penguins games especially hearing christopher letang and all that garbage and just you know he always embarrasses himself when talking about analytics so um i really just uh, hopefully we get a lot of brian boucher eddie olchek i honestly don't mind eddie at times but also he's just kind of eh. but okay i've been ranting too long here just talking about nbc too much so we're gonna get to the next segment but before we do that we do have to touch on built go first. Um, whether it's a mental, physical wall, you can break through with go every day. It's easy to take in 1.5 ounce packages. You can put in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. Put in your golf bag to power through the back nine, or you can put it in your pocket to get through the day. It's the best workout gel on the market. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. There's three delicious flavors, chocolate mint, chocolate coconut, and the peanut butter honey. There is an offer. You can go to bilco.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. That is promo code LOCKED for 20% off at bilco.com. Let's go. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Um, this episode will be posting, well, on Wednesday when I started recording this last night coming into today. I just was not able to finish it. Finish it. So it'll be posting today. So as I said in this segment, we're going to touch on some comments from Mike Sullivan yesterday. Um, and then we'll also touch on this article from Josh Yoey. He spoke to Jim Rutherford basically about, you know, like the, how long the championship window could be going and all that. But before we do get into that article, um, it's time to look at what Mike Sullivan had to say. He had some injury updates, but, you know, also just going into training camp and all that. Just had some things to say. One of the big ones was about the goalie situation. You know, I was reading a preview, I think, from um, Dom from The Athletic. I think this was the... Um, Oh, which he did, he did one from the Canadian division. I think it was the one I was reading about Montreal yesterday. Basically, you know how you know the Canadians were able to go out and get a backup that can actually steal some games from Carey Price because your starter needs to play less and less moving forward just because it's just such a grueling season. I mean, for a regular 82-game season, you just can't have goalies playing 60, 64 games anymore. You probably need to be in about the 50 to 55 range, have your backup play 20, 25, even maybe 30 games potentially. Um, so Sullivan touched on what his, his plan is for the goalies to go. It's going to require that two goaltenders participate. We look at our schedule month to month. We have six back-to-backs. We're going to have to manage the workload appropriately. We believe we have two really capable guys, and Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith. I mean, my guess for the 56-game season, you're probably going to see Jari start 35 games, maybe only 30. I mean, I could honestly see them giving DeSmith 25 starts. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, obviously you want to see what you have in jar. You gave him a decent contract. You know, he's making, I think what, three and a half million for the next few seasons. I mean, he does not have a big sample size. This is going to be his biggest sample size yet for the season. So, I mean, you want to give him the boatload of starts, but you know, you're also going to have to take some away from him so he, that he doesn't get gassed, um, going into the playoffs. It's good that they've had a long rest. They haven't played since August, but I mean, you just, you don't want to overwork a young goaltender like this. Um, he also talked about, you know, no preseason games, so he doesn't he can't evaluate all the rookies right away. He said that's going to be one of the challenges. I know five on five play is going to be a priority as far as what we're going to do in training camp. We're going to prioritize inter squad scrimmages. We have a game day simulation built in. So at least that's good. You know, I mean you can just do a bunch of scrimmages and act like they're preseason games, and that's how you can really evaluate the rookies. Um 
You know, also talked about Zach Aston Reese. He said he's on track to return when the, where the medical staff anticipated. Zach would continue to make strides there. We will monitor him as we get closer to the return to play. Jim Rutherford, honestly, you know, he said something different today in Yobi's piece. Apparently, it sounds like it could be another month for Ashton Reese's return than anticipated. So it looked like that was going to be in February. Now it might be pushed back to March. So we may only get Ashton Reese for, you know, the back half of the season, maybe, um, I don't know, 30 games, something like that. But, you know, at least he's going to return though. So I'm, I'm really excited for that. That That's basically it though from Mike Sullivan. Not a lot of big updates, you know, just mostly coach talk because, you know, he doesn't really give a lot any away anyway. So um, on to this interesting article from... Uh, Josh on Jim Rutherford, you know, um, Josh basically asked him, you know, like, oh, is your window closed? A lot of people are saying this. He's, and Jim says, you know, it's a pretty standard thing for people to say. To be honest, that's what I would expect people to say. Those though don't follow us very much. They aren't close to our teams. They don't know as much about our team. We are still contenders. He goes, I think some of the comments when a team like us has a lot of success, they are just negative and jealous things. I see it in all sports. I mean, I get where he's coming through with that. I mean, I see it all the time with the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, worst 11-0 team in of all time. You know, this team absolutely stinks. And yeah, they lost a few games, but you know, when, whenever they lose just a couple of games, you know, the media is, they're never shy about just saying, oh, this team stinks. Like, oh, haha, I told you so, even though they were doing so well at the time, the media was just so quiet about it. You know, that's one thing I'll never understand with sports media, just just some people in sports media, I should say, you know, it's not all the media. And as someone who isn't in media and, you know, wants to do this full time for a living, I hope to not be like that with a hot take person who's just going to say a bunch of garbage for the sake of saying garbage and just get clicks and all that. Um, he also talked about getting back to the uh, speed and skill uh, skill game, but he also, he, he did come down from, you know, being so mad about the Canadians and Islanders series. He said, I'll say this about those series. We lost to Carey Price and Robert Leonard, who played absolutely terrific hockey. That was the biggest thing in both of those series. And he said, you know, it wasn't because we were playing in the summer. I won't make that excuse, but we're a team that finished seventh overall. We did through some serious adversity, but, you know, we lost to Carey Price and, you know, that was the biggest reason why we lost. And, you know, at least he can admit it. You know, he finally got over the fact that, you know, they were just, one, they were outplayed and two, Carey Price went on a heater for 10 games and that Montreal Canadiens team, guys, gave the Flyers everything they can handle. I'm surprised that didn't go seven games. You know, a lot of people, um, honestly, probably didn't see the Canadians going on that kind of run. I didn't see Carey Price getting that hot, but, you know, when he does, he's one of the best goaltenders in the world. And getting to the uh, speed and skill comment, he did say, you know, we had to get younger and faster. I think we've definitely done that. I think people will notice the difference this year. We're going to get back to the way that we played in 2016. It's who we are. You still have to find ways to be a great goaltending unit. We still have to be better, and I think we will be. I'm not giving up on this group. Um, Jim, you know, the way they played in 2016, they had four legit lines that can actually score. I don't see that on this team. And I'm going to have an episode uh, coming up soon, whether it's this week or next week, just detailing, you know, the big concerns that I have with this team. Going into the season, I'm just going to dedicate a whole episode to it. And then I'll have another episode, uh, you know, which is reasons for optimism and all that. But, you know, it's just like these teams, they're not built the same way. I mean, maybe you have similar kind of players, but I mean, your top six is absolutely loaded. There's probably not five better top sixes in hockey. Um, that compared to the Penguins, I mean, when you can roll out Jake Gensel, Sidney Crosby, Kisbury Captain, and then Jason Zucker, Evgeny Malk, and Brian Rust. A lot of teams just can't match that. I mean, Tampa Bay obviously can. I mean, Washington's is pretty good. Toronto's top six is awesome. Edmonton's top six is great. But I mean, you know, beyond that, with some other teams too, I mean, not a lot of teams can match it. And then, you know, you get to the bottom six and there's just a lot more questions down there. You know, it starts with Jared McCann. What version of him are you going to get? You get Brandon Tanev, you know, can he provide more offense? Who the hell is Colton Sevier? I mean, I almost forgot that they acquired him in that 
<laughs> trade for Mike Matheson. Um, Teddy Bluger, we all know how good he is defensively. Can he get some more offense in there? Ashton Reese is going to come back. Jankowski you brought in. We all know how good defensively he is, but can he score? There's just a lot more questions down there. And I appreciate Jim going back to that speed game, but, you know, he honestly shouldn't have gone away from that in the first place. So, you know, that, that was just a weird comment to read. You know, just like, you know, we're going to get back to the way that we played in 2016. It's like, well, you know, you never really should have left. It's what worked. You didn't have to go out and get someone like Ryan Reeves. You didn't have to go out and just trade whoever for whoever for just reasons. You know, getting Jamie Alexiak, getting Eric Goodbranson. I mean, Alexiak was good for the Penguins and then they traded him back for why? Because he lost a fight to Tom Wilson. It's just like really stupid in my opinion. So, you know, I just, I, I have a couple little issues with that comment. I mean, you know, they're going to get to Kasperi Kapanen situation. I mean, paid a top 15 pick to get him. I and mean, was he really worth that? We're going to find out pretty quick. I don't know how long he's going to be on Sid's line for. But um, uh, right now, I kind of have it at about maybe Valentine's Day, <laughs> mid-February, something like that, until he gets got off there. So we'll have to see. Um, he also did. He also said that he doesn't expect to make any trades. He also said it's going to be more complicated with trades because there's going to be a period of time before new players can join a team. Um, no, nothing really else was in the article. He did say, you know, going to be closer to a couple more months for Aston Reese. He also said the fourth line with, with Aston Reese unable to start the season will probably consist of Teddy Bluger, Brandon Tannen, and Colton Sevier. So I'm guessing that means the third line will be Jared McCann, Mark Jankowski, and Evan Rodriguez. Um, that's a pretty interesting third line. We're going to, we're going to find out right away just how decent this bottom six is. That's what I'm going to say, guys. I'm going to touch on that more in depth next week when I go over more concerns about the team, you know, with the bottom pairing and the goaltending as well. But, you know, we're just, it's a big concern and we're just going to, we're just going to have to see just how good it is and see if it's an improvement over last year. And then finally in the article, you know, all the training camp practices will be held at PPG Paints Arena. So they're not going to be held at, um, uh, Lumiu Sports Complex. And I know I touched on Teddy Bluger in this last segment. We're going to be touching on him more in this next segment when we go over his uh, season review as it's basically the last one we got to do. Um, before that, we have to talk about Bet Online. though. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. That's BetOnline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% off welcome bonus. You don't want to sit on the sidelines anymore, guys. You can get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So um, for, in Teddy Bluger's first full season this past year, um, you know, I, I honestly really liked him. He, Of course, he played in 28 games in 2019, but um, this past season, total of uh, 69 games played, a very nice number um, nine goals. I think it was 15 points overall. Um, for his first full season, being almost a 10 goal uh, player on the fourth line, that's pretty damn good. You know, look, you look at his underlying numbers, um, scoring chances for, scoring chances against 306 to 294. Um, his high danger, 120 to 119. So a little bat, you know, just you're, they're getting chances with him that he's getting in the right back. You know, his possession is high danger, uh, chances for 50.2%. High danger goals for 17, high danger goals against 15. His high danger goals for percentage, 53.1%. Um, his goals for percentage, 48%. So it's a bit down from his smaller sample size in 2019, which was at 62.5%. Um, you know, I, I think he's going to build on these numbers. It's st We're still at relatively low sample sizes for him. I think overall he's played in a total of 98 games for the Penguins. So, you know, we can't really judge him 
a lot yet, but I do think this could be a nice third year coming for Bluger. I mean, I just, I really like his defensive game on that fourth line. He's a good two-way center. He can chip in offensively. I would like him to maybe get up to, if he can, maybe 15 goals or something for the fourth line. I mean, we've seen it done before in other fourth lines on the Penguins. I mean, he was really close last year, and, you know, in 69 games, like I said, was basically a 10-goal score. And he's also a really good penalty killer. And, you know, I know a lot of people will tell me, well, anyone can kill penalties. You know, you don't need a PK specialist. Yeah, I, I know that. You know, I, we've gone past the days of having Craig Adams be a mainstay on your penalty killer. You know, Zach Sill, Joe Vitale, you know, Tanner Glass, and a bunch of guard. Rob Scary was on the penalty kill for Lord knows how long. So... Trust me, I know that. But, you know, he's a good even strength player, and you can put him in the penalty kill, and he's done a really good job there for the Penguins. So I really don't foresee that to be a problem going into next year. But, um, you know, for uh, points expectations, I'm thinking, you know, 10 to 15 goals, maybe 10, 15 assists, maybe a 25 to 30 uh, point campaign for him. I know it's 56 uh, games, but I really don't see that as being too large. You know, I think that's honestly realistic expectations for him, but you know, we'll have to see, you know, who starts on the fourth line for him. Or, you know, are they going to put Colton Sevier down there or are they going to put Mark Jankowski down there or are they going to put maybe Evan Rodriguez on there for the start of the season? But I think they may, this may do it for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I mean, there's really not too much going on. I mean, we did see the Capitals signs in Dano Chara to a one-year deal. I think it's like 800K or something like that. I mean, I was looking at the Capitals' defensive corps, speaking of that, and I don't ever want to hear a Capitals fan talk badly about the Penguins' defensive corps ever again. You know, their defense looking like right now, Brendan Dillon with John Carlson, Dimitri Orlov with Justin Schultz, and Daniel Char with Nick Jensen. Um, that is a whole lot of crap. Um, the Penguins' top four absolutely blows that top four away. I, trust me, I know how good John Carlson is. He's one of the best defensemen in the league. That was actual defense is like kind of eh. Um, Brendan Dillon was actually decent for them with his underlying numbers coming over. But, you know, Justin Schultz ain't what he used to be. You know, some Caps fans are trying to talk him up. Guys, I, I watched that guy for too long. And, you know, that 2016 and 2017 form is not coming back for him. I, you know, if it does, I'll eat a lot of crow. And then, you know, I just don't know how much Santino Char has left in the tank. He's 43 years old. And, you know, it's just, you know, <laughs> I did see a tweet from Jesse Marshall. You could actually see a Schultz char pairing at some point. Imagine that against Zucker, Malkin, and Rust. And yeah, you know, I can only ma imagine it against that line because Evgeny Malkin and his line would probably just dump on them. So, you know, I really don't know what the plan is down there in Washington. You know, their forwards are deep and, you know, they're, they're also looking at a young goalie who has not had a lot of playing time. You know, similar to Pittsburgh's, you know, we have no idea how both goaltenders are going to be. Then their defense is just, I don't really think their defense is that good. But anywho, you know, wrapping up this episode, um, we'll have another episode coming tomorrow. Um, I hope you guys have a safe and happy new year. Um, it's, this year has been absolutely crazy. I'm sure 2021 is going to be better. You know, I'm hoping so at least. Um, I think we're almost at the end of this. Continue to stay safe, wear a mask and social distance. And, you know, we're going to have hockey back here and I think officially two weeks. So I'm really excited. We're going to have some more guests on either at the end of this week or next week when we go back to five episodes officially. So um, stay tuned for that, and we'll have another episode coming for you on the 31st on New Year's Eve, and then we may have another one on New Year's Day to bring in the new year of 2021. I think on New Year's Eve, you know, maybe I'll do a, a segment where, you know, touch on the best Penguins moments from this year. You know, there weren't many of them because, you know, obviously with the loss, everyone still has in mind, but, you know, there were some that I have in mind, and, you know, I just will probably do that for a segment. But anyway, I've been rambling on too long. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Hope you all have a great rest of your day, and I will see you tomorrow on New Year's Eve.